He coached here under Belichick with the Browns. He's special teams coach of the year, and he won a Super Bowl with the Steelers, and he joins us here now on The Fan. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Good evening, sir. How are you doing? Good to talk to you. I am good. I apologize for calling you buddy. I hate when people call people buddy, but it just felt right there. And uh, and to be honest, well, when you get as when you get as old as I am, when someone calls you buddy, I kind of like that. Do don't, you? Don't, just, don't, yeah. <laughs> does it come back to being endearing in some sort of way? That, that makes me feel much better. It okay, good. It's when you go in, you're in the grocery store and they call you sir. It, it makes you feel very old. <laughs> so being called buddy is not a bad deal. So JP, you can call me what you ever want. <laughs> okay, I like that. Did you? Uh, by chance, I know you're you're keeping track of all the the local teams around here. Did you did you happen to watch the Cavs games tonight or no? You know, I, I didn't. Uh, my wife has gotten me watch this thing called Shameless. Oh, um, oh, which, I love it. Which is a, you know, it's unbelievable. It, 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 every time I watch it, I'm thinking I'm not going to watch another one <laughs> because it's so like bizarre. <laughs> and the next day, I'm craving. Uh, it's like in the morning. I can't wait for the evening, but. I, I am aware that I, I believe that's their eighth win in a row at home. And uh, they're getting, uh, I'm, I'm trying to do a better job of studying the Cavs and getting, becoming familiar with their team. And it sounds like uh, the coaching staff has done a great job. It had some early injuries of, of some key players and seemingly, you know, it's kind of a little ironic. It's, I guess you could almost call it a little bit of what coach Stefanski and the guys went through when they had so many injuries and, you know, they had to sit down and, and, and put a plan together and, and have results. And it sounds like Coach Biggerstaff has done the same thing with the, the Cavs, and they're starting to get people back healthy. I guess the biggest challenge now is how do you plug in the guys that are now healthy into this seemingly, you know, roster that's playing extremely well together. Oh, that's going to be the tough part. Well, I'll give you one uh, piece of advice for Shameless. I don't know. What season are you on, by the way? I think we're in season seven. Frank okay. is just taking over a home and now he's running a homeless shelter <laughs> it's so many good parts of that show i love that show the, the only bad part the only bad part kevin is that uh the last season is not one to remember okay so uh like it's a it's a really good show you could argue it's one of uh, my favorite shows in the previous decade or so like it's top five it's in the family photo for sure it just it doesn't the last year could is very forgettable Oh, that's sad to hear because it's, uh, I tell you, this, this uh, gentleman, Mr. Macy, is one hell of an actor. I mean, mm -hmm. he really, at the end of each show, I, I loathe him more than the show before because he's <laughs> such a, a bizarre son of a gun. But uh, it, it, it is an amazing show. So I, I'm sorry. I, sorry to the listeners that I didn't listen and watch the Cavs and no, you're I fine. Sat around and watched Samuels. So, Kevin, we, I know we, that they won because I, I know that they won. I heard you say something that it wasn't a, a great victory, but you know no. they say a W is a W. Kevin, we bring you on for your football. Don't worry about the the basketball. And sometimes it bleeds over because you're such a great coach. And so the stuff you had on like Bickerstaff right there, I, I love to hear. But let me ask well, you about. You know, I, I do try and follow it, but go ahead. Let's hit up what you want to talk well, about with the Browns. Yeah, I just I want to ask you about Ken Dorsey because I the, the situation is a little it's a little funny. We don't know who exactly made the hiring, and we're not entirely sure if it was Stefanski, if it was Paul De Podesta, if it was Haslam, if it was Andrew Barry, if it was Deshaun Watson inspired. We don't know who did it. We don't know what it means for the play calling duties either. What What do you make of the Browns going with Ken Dorsey as the new OC? Well, you know, I, I, I was listening to Nick today on the afternoon drive, and I know Nick had a quite a take on that, you know, seemingly the same thoughts that you're sharing about, you know, why Dorsey, who made the decision. Uh, I honestly was a little bit surprised. I, I know the, the Jared Johnson, young young man from Houston, I thought he might have been – I didn't see 
this new person coming in being a play caller. I thought it was someone that was going to bring some new ideas in, preferably some of the things that they were doing at Houston. The show man played quarterback, you know, in college and, and, and as a young and up and coming coach. And I thought that might be the direction where, you know, coach the fancy still going to call plays, but they're bringing in some, you know, for lack of a better term, new blood, or maybe uh, having some more, uh, similar ideologies that, you know, and trying to come up with some new ideas for Deshaun and, and coach Dorsey comes, I mean, I really thought I was looking at, it. he had a, a heck of a year this year. I obviously got fired, but I mean, statistically, you know, the production of uh, Josh Allen, although they were five and five and turned the ball over somewhat. So I'm a little puzzled by it, to be honest with you, because I don't, I, I'm sure he's a heck of a coach and he's going to bring some of the uh, Buffalo things and some of the things that uh, coach Dayball did up at Buffalo uh, when he was there. Because uh, I know that Coach Dorsey was uh, his quarterback coach, so I don't know if that's going to be another uh, new ideas kind of thing. So it's uh, it's a little bit, you know. I hope that Coach Stefanski was the guy that made the call because, you know, it's great to have all this co- collaboration and what have you. But it, ultimately, the, the coaching staff is going to be in a room many many hours with this person, and, and they got to feel good about the choice. And it, hopefully, you know, Coach Stefanski made it. He feels good about it. But a little surprised. I thought it was going to be somebody different, but. Uh, it is what it is right now. So if it wasn't Stefanski's call, what do you think that does for – I mean, it kind of cuts Stefanski down at the knees a little bit there. What does that does for – what does it do for his mentality and really the people around him? Yeah, I, I think that, I think that you know, uh, I guess you always have to – you have to answer the ownership. You have to answer to the GM. They're your bosses. But I, 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 I think that he seemingly did a great job this year with owning the locker room. Uh, just the fact that he kept his team upbeat and playing hard. And, and I think that, you know, you, you probably never want your guys to know that you aren't, you're not calling the shots, I think, because they're the ones that they're going in. You're going in the trenches with these guys, and you, you all have to have everybody's back. And I think that that probably uh, – I would think if something like that got out to the team, it, it could undermine – you know, any type of decision-making or authority type things. I, I think it's great to get input from people. But, I mean, as I said, uh, they're going to go into, uh, you know, that bunker, and you got to feel good about the guys you're going into the bunker with. And, and I just pray and hope that this is truly the choice that uh, Coach Stefanski wanted to have because, you know, uh, of, you know, moving forward and, and taking the program to another level. Now, were you ever hired by someone that you didn't think it was the coach that hired you? Was that ever a thing for you? Or every time you were hired, it was a, a coach you liked, coach you respected, and they said, let's let's go? Yeah, no, I think that when I reflect on it, Jonathan, I, I think that I've always had the sense that you had a meeting. Uh, a lot of times you're you're endorsed by somebody else. Uh, like Coach Wizard, I recommend me to Coach Cower and, 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 and so forth. That, that was an example of that. But I, I never thought for a second – that somebody else was calling the shots on that. You had the one-on-one meeting. You might have done a, you know, an in, you know, a whiteboard session with the staff just to demonstrate that you could get up on a board and teach and present. But I, I never ever felt that, you know, I was there and not maybe with the full endorsement of the head football coach. Whose voice do you think matters more? Because I've come up with the idea that I, I think what happened, and this is just pure speculation. This is not anything else but that. I think what happened is. Cam Newton went on Deshaun Watson's podcast like a week prior. Cam Newton and Ken Dorsey obviously worked together. It's when Cam Newton went 15-1, and one, won the league MVP. I would imagine Cam Newton got in Deshaun Watson's ear and said, hey, Ken Dorsey, he goes shotgun a lot. He'll do a lot of the things that you like to do. You need to find a way to get Ken Dorsey there. And I, I would I would venture to guess then that Cam Newton then went and, you know, said, hey, or excuse me, Deshaun went and said, hey, Ken Dorsey's the guy I now want. 
Uh, is it is it that odd to think that maybe Deshaun Watson even was the one with more power than Stefanski in that decision? Well, I, I, I don't. I think there's a lot of credibility in what you're suggesting because I, I, I read some of the stuff, you know, that he said, uh, yeah, Camp said about uh, Coach Dorsey, and uh, and obviously, you know, these guys talk. You know, they 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 they're all on speed dial. So I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised that uh, possibly, you know, in this information was shared with Deshaun Deshaun you know, might've had an opinion, you know, maybe, you know, you give them the top 15 plays and say, Hey, Deshaun, what do you think about that? So uh, in this, the way it is nowadays, you know, I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised that, you know, Deshaun might've had a say in this matter. And, 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 you know, let's be honest. So we we're, we're tied to the hip with this young man for three years. So, I mean, he, yeah, I guess you have to do what you have to do to keep him happy and moving forward and coming in coming into the office with a, you know, a, a good attitude and everything. So I, I think there's a lot to be said for what you just suggested. It may, it may have come down. Yeah. And let me ask you about uh, T Higgins. Uh, I, I think he's going to get franchise tagged. If he does get franchise tagged, uh, maybe, maybe the Bengals work out a deal. Maybe they trade him for a second round pick. Who's to say, uh, should the Browns be in on someone like T Higgins? I think so. Cause when uh, I, you mentioned to me that we might be discussing him. And I know that uh, the whole thing with the Sean, you know, reaching out to him and so forth and so on. He's the, you know, the, the top uh, free agent wide receiver. Uh, I, there is the possibility, as you suggested, the franchise tag. I mean, you look, his statistics were down this year because he missed, you know, I think four or five games with a hamstring and, 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 and other injuries. And so his production was down. But uh, for everything else I've read about him, he's clearly the top rated, uh, you know, wide receiver candidate. And, and I think I also did a little bit of a, a look and not to suggest that I'm a capologist, but, you know, looking at where, you know, the Browns are as far as cap space. And, and there's no doubt, I think going to have to do some, uh, and Mr. Burry seemingly been able to do that. They're going to have to manipulate the cap and restructure some deals to come up with the kind of money that, uh, you know, he's going to, he's going to get, you know, Phil's getting over 30 million, you know, and we have, uh, Amari's at a $20 million a year. So you got to figure that I, I'd like to think that T Higgins is going to be in there somewhere. So I, I, the only, the only downside I thought is that he's just in his career. He's, Hey, he's been a little bit of injury prone and, and you always worry about that. I know you can't put him in bubble wrap, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think clearly from a football standpoint is a guy that it'd be nice for us to take a look at him. And then it's up to, you know, uh, Andrew Berry to try and, uh, you know, manipulate the numbers to be able to, Let's not lose a lot of good football players to bring one football player in, but they seem to have done a good job with the handling of the cap. So I think that's going to be a great challenge, too. That's if, in fact, Cincinnati allows the show man to walk. So we'll just have to wait and see. Let me ask you something we didn't go over uh, because I'm fascinated by it, and it was just me being dumb, not not thinking about this ahead of time. But in the moment, I'm like, I got to ask you this. Uh, you obviously coached here under Belichick. Tom Brady – just yesterday, went on his his own podcast and was like, Belichick's the greatest coach I've ever seen. Of course he deserves a head coaching job. And then just continue to wax praise on him, which is expected. You would you would think that. But uh, in your mind, knowing Bill, knowing everything he's gone through, knowing how it ended in New England, are you surprised that it wasn't the Falcons? Are you surprised that it wasn't another team to give him an opportunity and he might have to sit this cycle out? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm surprised uh, that, that Bill's not going to, you know, I don't think anything's going to happen. You know, you never know, but it doesn't appear that anything's going to happen going into uh, 20 to 24 season. So, yeah, I was shocked. He's, he's clearly, there's a lot of great football coaches in the NFL, but there's probably no, I'm obviously incredibly biased. I think he's the greatest, you know, the greatest coach in our generation for sure. And I'm surprised by it. 
And, and I don't know if the people, it sounded like Atlanta was in on it. I don't know if some people behind the scenes talked the owner out of it because, hey, let's be honest, there's a lot of people, you bring in Coach Belichick, you know, that are a little bit worried about their, you know, furthering their employment with a, uh, an organization because, you know, Bill is going to come in and want to do a Bill's way. So I don't know if it, that scared off the Atlanta people and Washington didn't want to mess around with it. So, uh, you know, and I, it, but there's kind of Bill short. You don't know, Bill's going to go back and rethink things. And maybe he is going to be willing to give up some of that, you know, uh, general manager type, uh, you know, position. So, because he just wants to coach football again. So I, I'm disappointed. He's a great one. I think he's, he'll do people. I hope he gets on television because I think they're going to see what a marvelous personality is and what an astute football person he is. And so he'd be great this year. But I, he might uh, he might take some time off and rethink. He's going to rethink some things just as he rethought things when he left the Cleveland Browns and then he came back. You know, he learned some lessons and made himself a better version of himself to be a, a great head football coach in the, in the National Football League. So uh, he'll be back, but I am a little surprised he's not. You know, that'd be fun if he did like the Bill Illustrator, what he did in New England, where he was on like once a week in one of the local TV channels and just broke down football. Uh, we would be better off watching that for a year and then maybe he gets himself back into uh, some sort of spot in some situation. All right, we'll do a lot of Super Bowl next week, Kevin. Let me give you a, I want your early lean, though, on the Super Bowl between the 49ers and the Chiefs. All right, this is my, and I'll make this to, I know you're on a, on a time clock. Mm-hmm. I, I think when we won the Super Bowl in Pittsburgh, we were seven and five, need to win four, and then we went on through and won all the all the games on the road. And, and I think that when I reflect back on it, it was about momentum. Uh, after a seven and five start, we began to play our best football. And it, it's normally the thing you hear: you play your best football in December and January. And I think that that's what the Steelers did that year to win the Super Bowl. And I think right now the Kansas City Chiefs are of the two teams that are in in the Super Bowl are probably playing their best football and in my mind, have the, the most amount of momentum carrying into the Super Bowl game. You know, you, I think the 49ers, as lethal as they are, kind of limped into it a little bit. So my early prediction is the Chiefs taking it just because I think they've got, they got lightning in a bottle right now, and they're just going to continue to build on that. Kevin, great stuff as always. I appreciate you, and uh, we'll do a big Super Bowl prediction show next week uh, when you join us here Wednesday at 10. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. Good evening. Appreciate the time. All right. Thank you so much. Kevin Spencer right there on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.